0: So true. Let all that you do be done in love. What does a man win from gaining the world in exchange for a soul, brother? Especially when it's a million other rappers. They promised a million things for trading they soul, sucker. This for my people who have nothing to live for. I bow down on my knees, give me the strength, Lord. Cause I can feel the pressure. I leading my people. I got nothing to give and they expect more. I ask God why am I blessed for I'm fighting so many demons Why do you send more And I defeated them all But still I send more It's like I'm blessed with a gift That I wasn't meant for That was a metaphor For anybody who's stepping in lines Then you better sign a consent form That definitely don't make no sense for him That's a death sentence somebody sent for him hey Jesus, Jesus to connect for me Still I'm sipping great Goose to the neck I mean, I just wanna feel the love I just wanna feel the buzz But if I lose the plug What is there left for me? Who you trying to repress? Tell me why you're obsessed
1: with fantasies. You live in the moment and now you stress. Chasing the accolades from the world just for respect. And God, we bless. Yes.
0: Lord, I've been stressing and stressing. I've been stressing These and stressing. These demons won't leave me alone. alone. I turned all of my lessons to blessings. blessings. I need you to get God on the phone. Get God on Cause the Cause I need to plug for connections. Blessings on me from the one up above. One time, two times for my people when a struggle. Know that God is the plug. God is the plug what are we doing here we had this talk before it's going on four years i can't force the issue now i'm all ears connection
1: is restored i'm storing it all here all year i designed you you're the future for these kids so you stand on
0: my every word and believe it my children destroying themselves getting weaker surfing through every wave not everybody i see sick Lord, why am I still here? Been weaving off track for a minute, it's real here. Been praying for my city, there's nothing to build here. They handicaps the niggas living in wheelchairs. I don't trust nobody, feel like everything is a lie. Like everybody is watching me, hoping for my demise. Tell me how many ways can the devil be in skies? Cause every dream I'm looking my killer right in the eyes. Come take a shot, come take a shot. I look to the left, there's Hennessy on the rocks. I look the opposite way, then they let off a shot. You gon' die one way or another, like it or not. My soul is not for sale, you never take me alive. Cause what I stand for is much bigger than so before you kill my energy with your negative vibes, I gotta seek and divide while I reach for the sky. The plug. The plug. The plug.
2: Yeah, and that track was titled God is the plug by Soul True, and he can be reached at mcherry.pay@gmail.com. at gmail.com. What up, what up, what up, what up? Y'all know who it is. It's Cousin Rick in the house. This is the Close Your Eyes podcast, and today I have a very, very special guest. And why is very very special? Uh, if y'all listened last episode, I was telling talking about um, how vital this Clubhouse app is. So this is one of the, not one of this is the first interview I locked in just just from networking on the um, Clubhouse app. And who I have with me is Stephen Coon. Con, excuse me, sorry. That's no, right, Stephen Coon. Yeah. Kuhn. Uh, Steven is an author. Um, he's a business consultant. He's a co-founder of Humble Alpha Concept Trainings. Um, he's a U.S. Army combat vet, vet, veteran, excuse me. And so, like I said, you know, we're we, we going to sit down. We're going to pick his brain a little bit. He's going to he's going to drop the jewels that he's experienced, that he's willing to share. And you know what I mean? We Y'all know how we do. We just going to chop it up. I'm a little, I'm a little hyped, cause you know, again, it, he lives, he resides in England, so it's just hyped for me to be ever talking to somebody halfway across the world. It's just for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a little nerd <laughs> like that, you know what I mean? So,
3: yeah, I, I get it, I get it. I'm actually, I'm in Hungary right
2: now, so oh, okay. um, even
3: further, even further east, almost, almost all the way to Russia. We, we, we border on Ukraine, so we're <laughs> pretty far away.
2: Okay. So uh, let's yeah. start off. You you were born and raised in the U.S. What part?
3: I was I was born in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, right up right up your alley. Same same
2: uh, zip code the, uh, same postal code. What is the telephone number? Seven one seven. That's, that's yeah. When I yeah. sent you my phone number, you <laughs> said, "Oh, you in Central PA?" I was like, "Yeah, bro." Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, dope. I was born in, 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 in Harrisburg, and then
3: we moved around a little bit, um, and you know, all around Pennsylvania stayed there. And I left when I was eighteen to go to the army. Sorry, nineteen to go in the army. And I never went back. I just, I I went to the military, um, went to a boot camp in Fort Knox, Kentucky, went to Germany, spent eight years in Germany, went to Iraq, got back from Iraq, and just stayed in Germany, and then uh, moved around the last 27 years since I got out. And uh, yeah, it's my ninth country that I'm living in right now. But this time I have a wife and kids, so I'm probably sticking
2: around for a while. Probably have to stay (laughs) put now, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. what, What made you, what led you into the army, if I can ask?
3: Yeah, well, you're from central Pennsylvania, right? Right. Um, you know, <laughs> so it's, it's uh, I, look, I was, I was in a box, you know. I was, uh, you know, I grew up in a, uh, basically in a mobile home, uh, one of the houses we had, um, one of the mobile home, and, you know, I, I didn't like who I was, didn't like where I was going, didn't like anything about myself, and of course, because that's what I thought about myself, that's what everybody else thought about me, and I knew that I couldn't, even at that young age, I knew that I was stuck in a rut or a box, Sure, that I had to change. I couldn't do it there, so I literally, when I was eight years old, said, "I'm leaving as soon as I can," and it was just, "I'm going in the military."
2: That was the easiest
3: way, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's people forget that the military is basically the only job for you know someone like like me, you know, sort of lower lower income class, and you know, what are you gonna do? you work at McDonald's or something and what's the career going to be? And then eh, let me just go in the military, get the heck out of here and just redefine who I am. And that's what I did.
2: That's kind of why a lot of people joined though, right? You would say?
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Most people join to get out, to get out from where they are for sure. You know, people like to say, yeah, you know, I'm a Patriot and all that kind of stuff. But
2: it wasn't that, I mean, I don't I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <It> was that. <laughs> and, and, and I can't lie. Like it's, it's definitely like you say, the opportunities that's, and see, people don't like again. I when I say people, I'm gonna say myself. Cause you know, as I'm growing up and coming up, I'm thinking if you enlist, you're definitely going to war. So that definitely, I'm yeah. a, I'm I'm chicken little. So you know what I mean. I definitely I don't want to go fight nobody over nowhere. I, you know. I, I hear think.
3: that, but you, you gotta realize when I was when I was growing up, there was no mobile phones, there was no internet, there was it was nothing. So you were either outside goofing off, getting in trouble you know, smoking whatever you're smoking or doing whatever you were doing, right? right. Uh, or you're you're in the house bored off your mind. So, I mean, it was like, I gotta get out of here, man. And there was nothing to do. And um, I, you know, I, I didn't want to go to war, but I figured, heck, you know, what else am I going to do? I'll also join the army. You know, it, it was that kind of thing. It really wasn't. I didn't think about the dangers. I didn't think about the fear. For me, it was all like adventure. Let's go
2: do this. Hmm. So you, yeah. you, you served in the Gulf War, right? Correct?
3: Yeah, yes, I did. Yeah, I served with the Eighth Cavalry, and uh, actually have friends who I served with who are, who are back in Pennsylvania, hmm. and um, they uh, they're still in reserves and stuff. And so when I go home, which is obviously not in the last year and a half, um, I, 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 I visit them and see them and up with them
2: again. Yeah. Yeah, that ain't too long a year and a half. That ain't too bad to be that far. It's, you know, it's people. Yeah. It's people that live in. Maybe Georgia that left PA and they ain't been back to PA in about five years. So that... <laughs> <That's> true, man. <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. I mean, when I was single, I was there every six months or three months, but you know, with the kids, you're you're talking eight grand just to fly home and back. You know, and that's that's like that's you know, I don't care how much money you make. That's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. So can you break down the the, the combat veteran, the combat part? What what what's Exactly.
3: Combat, you know, there's a, there, you know, sometimes that's a moniker that people use to um, show that they were actually in a firefight in oh, Okay. Work. Um, right, right, right. If right. you're not a combat, you're not a combat veteran, it means you were in the military but you didn't fight. But right. in the military, it's it's a, it's a conflict. It's people like, well, we all served and, and we did. It's just that that combat combat veteran. When you're in the business world, right. Like I am. It, you, yeah, when you're in the business world, I am. They want to know uh, how how do you operate under stress. How do you operate when you know you're being shot at? Well, how did you act? What did you do? What were you? You know, how can you lead in a time like that where you're under fire? So, uh, for me, it's a moniker that I use that that really helps me sort of, you know, differentiate myself from other other veterans or
2: other you know. You tell them you're cooler than the, the other side of the pillow under stress, huh?
3: <laughs> <laughs> whatever you got to do, right? I mean, seriously, you know, it's it's a dog-eat-dog world for sure. You know, you got you got you got to be loud. You got to be um, you know, visible, you got to have a message that's clear. You got to have very, very clear, um, sort of paths to, to revenue paths to offers. Um, what do they get? You know, I always say to people, you know, what's the problem you solve? What's the product that solves that problem? And what's the resolution look like? What's the outcome look like? You know, that comes from Donald Miller brand story. If no one's ever read that book, you should read it or go to get his free videos, Donald Miller brand story. Amazing. And he can teach you how to basically, um, Form your life. So when you talk to somebody and they say, hey, man, what do you do? You know, most people are like, oh, well, you know, I do this. in a family business. Blah, 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 blah. You know, what's the pro- problem that you're solving? What's the product that solves that problem? And what do I get out of it, basically? You know, so mm-hmm. it's it just it, you learn over the years to sort of cut it down because everyone has a story. And no one really wants to know that story until they know who you are.
2: That's right. And and again, you know? that's the thing that I, that I love about this app. Cause again, you kind of get the. I don't even think, man. You actually got to uh, socialize on the app prior. I think. I think a friend of mine might have been in the room. I think with Gary, Gary Henderson, I believe. Yes. I
3: I was Gary, in the room yeah, and actually, then I. I was just, yeah, I was just in his room like literally two minutes ago before we started. And I had to duck
2: out. Yeah. Yeah. So I I was in the room and I guess when I had to when I had to leave out because it was last Sunday, so I had to get ready for a show, and a friend of mine that was still in there, I guess they heard you speak, and then. She actually reached out to you first, and then she, as soon as you, uh, you hollered back at her, she hit me up immediately. But it's just like the, the realness of actually being able to really connect with people when you actually can talk to them. is that, that's one of the things I think that's the dopest about that app. It, it's I,
3: look, I don't even know how to act. You know, I'm I'm in there seven eight hour day. It's uh, you know on uh, every Monday to Friday there's a show from five thirty Eastern from five five o'clock Eastern until ten Eastern. With Glenn Lundy, called uh, Breakfast with Millionaires, and um, I'm, I'm on the panel, or so I'm on the one of the moderators. And man, you have like Grant Cardone coming in there, and you have, I mean, James, Damon, John, and I, yesterday there was this comedian in there. I forget her, what her name was, like the number one black comedian in America. Um, she was going off, man, and it was amazing. And you're sitting there going, "This can't be." I mean, I can talk to them like, "Hey, how you doing, Gary?" And they just talk right. right back to you.
2: So it's like right. it, it's a direct. when it gets saturated there's less than a million people on there
3: right now Ooh. so yeah to be on there now is very special and 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 i've had you know i've had deals come through there i've had offers come through there i'm probably on 15 20 podcasts just since monday um you know scheduled it's, it's amazing
2: yes it is sorry, so there's, we... a big, sorry, there, there's a big sorry there's a big artist uh, um you know population on there as well i met this guy
3: named uh, kumazi and uh, he's um he worked with everybody. He worked with, you know, J- uh, Jamie Foxx and uh, you know, you, you know, um, all the all the famous rappers and the uh, soul singers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's a, he's an ex 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 football player, and his dad is General Komasi And I mean, like, this dude is just just badass. But he's in a place, you know. What I mean, it's like, dude, I want It's my turn, man. He's been helping everybody all these years and stuff. So I just hooked up with him on the app. I said, dude, I love your story. Let's talk. So um, we started talking, and I love this guy. You know, and I was like, look, let me help you Them. So I started, you know, giving some tips. I gave him my book for free, gave me the audio book for free, hooked them up. And now I just introduced them to somebody who is an amazing guy. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not, but uh, his name is, um, uh, uh, what's his Daryl Stinson. Okay. You know Daryl Stinson? Uh, not not off-top. Yeah, he's an ex-football player who uh, who does, like, um, you know, he, he, he works with... Because uh, he was a he was a football player, you know, NFL I think, and you know he got into drug he, he hurt his knee, got into drugs and all that kind of stuff, and had to recover. Now he helps other sports people who really don't know what to, what what to do anymore after they get in line. So
4: okay.
3: yeah, I met him on the app, and I said, dude, I I had a guy you got to meet. You know, you, you got to meet Kumazi. So that's what I did, and we sort of hooked each other up. And, and you know, it's like I met this guy on a on a social app. We're on WhatsApp every day. I'm talking to Kumazi. I love this guy. He's like a brother to me. I don't even know. I've never met him. And how can that be? You know what I mean? It's so, because the audio is something different than video, right? I mean, right. audio, you're, you're in your, you're, you're not distracted by anything. You're there, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I, I just, I just, I
2: freaking love it. And, and it's like talking to somebody directly, you know, you can kind of, you can kind of sh- shoot through the bullshit a little bit more. When you're talking to somebody directly through, as through text. You know what I mean? It's 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 a better, yeah. it's a connect, it's a more realer connection. You know what I mean? Cause you know what I mean. Your your yeah. voice tells a lot to it. You know what I mean? It it's definitely yeah. dope. There's no editing. Yeah. There's no editing. No nice ads. No, yeah. Ain't you know, no and stop. And it's like erase. Yeah.
3: You can like. Oh wait. I didn't need to say that. So yeah, no, it's awesome.
2: Yeah, and and see that another thing I want to shout out though that I, I try to tell because I'm a small fish. I I'm I'm only uh, this would be my sixteenth episode of my podcast, so I'm just starting out. So this is kind of like my first business veteran that I'm a tackle, and I'm of course try to you know hit it a couple different lanes. But I always try to tell people that like when you on these apps like this, whether even if it's Facebook, like if you're in a situation where you're communicating with somebody. Especially so, like I said, somebody like you, you're a little bit more established for where I'm at in my business stint. So it's like some people would be intimidated or afraid to talk to you know guys like you on the app, and I'm like, man, you got you got to holler at them because at the end of the day, a lot of these people on their app, of course, yeah, they they want to push their thing, but what people don't realize is like in the entrepreneurship or the business side, there's a lot of genuine people that want to help the next person grow it you know what i mean whether it's yeah. mentoring or you know what i mean just give them a little pointers or whatever so you you can't never be gun shy or you know what i mean you, you just got to go ahead well, you know it's like i say if you don't take your chance someone else will yeah you know and, and it's as simple as that i mean i've
3: seen deals get financed there i mean there was a woman on there who was in the shark tank room i was in um and she talked about her lemonade that she was making and you know and it was such an emotional story that all the sharks bought. They bought fifteen thousand dollars worth of lemonade. Just, just they didn't finance her business. They bought her product. Right. You know, it's like, and that was on the spot. You know, so, and and live. So it, it that's the kind of thing that happens. And I got to tell you, you know, everybody's people. Some people they say on the app, like a guy told me, very, 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 very big guy. He's like, hey Steve, I love what you're doing. He said it live. Drop me a, drop me a message. Drop them a message. It was five days ago, so I didn't even look at it yet or answered it. But I'm not worried about it. You know, it's like, whatever. So you know you got to try your luck, I man. Just keep going. I mean, look, I'm not, you know, I'm not anybody like Grant Cardone and stuff. But I know all those guys, right? Because of, of the business and for 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 so for so many years, or know of most of them, or know know a lot of them. And so I have a fortunate. I'm fortunate. I live in Hungary. I'm away from the shine and the and the you know can't whatever it is. All they have over there, but I have because of my businesses that I have. I'm 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 well connected in that area, which is very cool. I mean, look, back in the day, back probably starting over 11 years ago I left society put it that way um, I moved to Hungary to a small village we live there's a village with 2,000 people here got a wow. nice house yeah I got two kids I, I wanted to get away
2: from all that that I was doing and what I was doing was you uh, what we call in the cut <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go there you go and so
3: like look I mean you know I don't talk about this much but I think it'll add some relevance to why I'm here by myself with my wife and kids now, is because I was Mick Jagger's bodyguard. You know, it was only three weeks, but I was oh, Mick Jagger's shit. bodyguard. I worked for, I worked for Andrea Bocelli, um, who's a, a tenor in Italy, who's the, the most successful tenor in the world. He's like our generation's Pavarotti, and Olivia Newton-John. You may not know who that is, but the movie Grease.
2: And we just gotta rewind that real quick, Okay. cause I ain't gonna lie. I might not have known nobody, you damn so far as long as you've been on this on this podcast. That's cool. Yeah,
4: I'm old. That's why.
2: No, no, no. <laughs> but, but you know who I do know. Who? Mick Jagger. I know who the hell that is. Yeah. You yeah, was, was his. Bo- you was his bodyguard. They trusted you with Mick yeah. Jagger's life.
3: Yep. And, um, it was, uh, well, I was in Berlin and uh, Berlin, Germany. I had three cocktail bars in the nightclub in Berlin, Germany. I would, oh, you know, it was when I was living there and I heard on the radio they made, that made the stones were coming. And I also heard at the very end of the radio, uh, the, the radio announcement, they said, um, his bodyguard staying in London cause he heard his back on stage. And I was like, well, shit, I'm gonna go there and be his bodyguard. So because I had restaurants and bars, I knew all of the restaurant and bar owners, hotel owners, the staffs, and all. I knew them all because they, I, I always had a uh, special night for anybody in the service industry that came and drank for half price. So I knew everybody. And uh, I found out where he was staying, and I went there and hung out in the lobby until he came down from his room with a bunch of other people on the first day. And I walked up to him, and I said, hey, Mick Jagger, I'm your new bodyguard. And he said, what? <laughs> I said, well, your bodyguard, your bodyguard stayed in, in the U.K., and I'm your new bodyguard. He's like, who sent you? And I said, I sent me. I'm an American. I'm a veteran. I can handle, you know, weapons, and uh, I, know, I know how to keep you safe. And he's like, okay, talk to talk to TJ or what was his name? JC. JC was talk talk to JC. And so I went to JC, this big dude. He was like the head of whatever. And uh, he said, look, I got one question for you. You look legit, but if you answer this question right, you get the job. And I was like, okay. He goes, do you know where to get the best German sausage? Yeah. And I said, I sure do. Yeah, I'm not kidding you. And I said, I sure do. And he said, All right, you're hired. How's four hundred bucks a day? And I was like, Shit! <laughs> Holy shit! I was like in Mick Jagger's blood car. You know, that's how what happened. I'm not kidding. I was walking. Holy up to him, shit! You know? Yeah. Dang. So and what?
2: But, you know? Go ahead. I'm gonna say. So where do you get the best German sausage? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like I need that. I might need to know
1: this. <laughs>
3: man oh man if you must know it's a street in the street in a part of Berlin but yeah um, oh, shit. And, and it was it was funny because that was um, something I did without knowing but I've actually documented that in the book of how to do things like that and I did the same thing with Andrea Bocelli. Andrea Bocelli is a guy he's a blind uh, tenor singer
2: so he sings opera and he's uh, he's everywhere this guy makes you know, like 500 million a year I heard I, 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 okay I knew that I, okay I knew him too I heard of him yeah too. yeah and I did the same thing, I walked up to him, he didn't even know who
3: I was. I did the same exact thing, and this was years later, this wasn't, this, this, Mick Jagger was 98, and Bocelli was um, 2014 or 15. And I just walked up to him at a concert, and you know, backstage, cause I got I got to get backstage, and I was like, hey, we got, I need five minutes of your time tomorrow, I got something, I know what your issues are, and I can help you out. He goes, why, who are you, why, what, where, I said, look, I'm not gonna sell you nothing, I wanna help you, I wanna show, you know, I wanna, I wanna, solve solve an issue that you have give me five minutes tomorrow the only thing that can happen is that you walk away after having a nice coffee that I pay for he's like all right so I showed up next day he wasn't there but his wife and his wife's assistant was there what I didn't know is his wife is the manager so she runs everything and man is she tough holy shit she's tough but I sat down and you know I said look this is what it says these are your issues that, that I see that you have this is what I can offer you and these things and she goes do you have any experience I said not at all none (laughs) <laughs> and she said, "Well, what do you why do you think we should hire you?" Because I said, "I'm going to get the job done. Whatever it is that you need me to do, if it's these things that I said, then I'll get them done." And I have, mm-hmm. I, and I know the right right places to do it. And she said, "Okay, we'll give it a try." And I said, "Okay, so let's talk about how it's you know what the remuneration is and she's or the pay." And she said, "Okay, we'll give you a percentage of whatever you bring in." I said, "Yeah, well that's that's that's, that's classic. That's how it works." But I, I you know I also work on a retainer, so a monthly pay. And she laughed and said, "No one gets a retainer in the music industry. Are you nuts." And I just said to her, I said, look, that's how I work, and I understand if you don't, if you know, if, if you don't see it that way, but that's fine. But that's how I work. So if, if you're into working with me, then that's what we got to do. And she said, well, well, I guess that's what we got to do then. And then I walked mm. away with a retainer. And everybody in the industry, I mean, I I know managers and stuff from from the European music industry. They said, what? You got a retainer? How? And I just said, because I believe in myself. Cause I walked up there. I didn't care if I got the job or not. I didn't need the job. Right. Okay. I mean, you will need a job, but I didn't need that gig. But I, I was like, fuck it. If, if, if I'm not going to ask the things that I want to do, then what am I going to do? The things that I have to do, not just the things that I have to, I want to do the things I want to do. So, you know, like back to the clubhouse app, get your ass in the rooms and ask questions straight, direct. And I got to tell you this, these people that get in there and there's some people that get like, I, I, I invited a, a guy up from, um, Glenn Lundy room. Now there's like 3,000 people in there yesterday, and I invited him up. He's a buddy of mine. He's a Marine, because I have a I have a group on Facebook called the Vetpreneur Tribe, and it's 15,000 veterans, veteran entrepreneurs. And I said, Gunny, come on up, and I, I, I introduced him. He's got like this picture of him in a six pack, you know, shirts off and stuff. He's he's Latino. He's a freaking great guy. They loved this guy. He was nervous and he was sort of you know sort of not polished, and they loved him up and they invited him up as a moderator the next day. Now this guy's like permanent party. You know, and it's just, just because he spoke his truth, man. You know, He spoke his truth. And, and that's what it's all about. As long as you're authentic, you're not trying to be some goofball or be someone you're not. Just be who you are. And if you're not happy with who you are, say that. You're not happy with who you are. And I promise you, people will say, hey, man, drop me a line. I'm going to help you out.
2: No doubt, no doubt. So why are we, we going to transition into then? Because it all makes sense to me now. We're going to get into your yep. um, your book, Unleash Your Humble Alpha. And you're definitely qualified to write about a alpha because you bullied your way to be Mick Jagger's bodyguard. Like you that's that's alpha male shit. <laughs> so so What 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 took you into Is that your first book that you wrote? No, that's my no, it's third book. My first oh, book was written only, my third my first
3: book was written in German only. Okay. I, was pretty, I was pretty solidified in Germany. So I did like some T V in Germany and I worked in politics. You know, I was I was well known. I had to, you know I had the clubs and the cocktail bars. We had health clubs, so you know you meet people in health clubs and bars and clubs. at their worst in their worst. So you meet the mayor, he's drunk. You meet you know you know there's the, the state representative. He's in the he's in the sauna, and he's you know um, he's uh, you know all sweaty and stuff. And who knows? You know what I mean? So it's like you meet these people in your comfort zone. So it was my gym, it was my club, it was my nightclub or my cocktail bar. So I had to meet all these people. So I was pretty big. So the first book came out in German, and that that was about my time in the war, and it was anti-war, uh, pro-America, and the Americans wouldn't print it. So the American, no, no American company would print it. It was a bestseller. It's a bestseller to this day. It came out in 2003. And the second book um, is, um, um, you know, it's just a, it was a what do you called a Kindle book, and it was only, um, um, it was only Kindle. It was about the sports and fitness and stuff that I used to do. And this is my third book. But this is the first book that I actually poured myself into. It's a year um, a year of, of, of working with my co-host. Uh, so, yeah, it was or my co- co-author. Okay. So, yeah.
2: So, so what led you to uh, writing that book, though?
3: Um, well, honestly, uh, you know, about three years ago, I was traveling four days a week, every week, you Know two or three countries a week doing my consulting, so I do turnaround consulting, and that's what I do. Um, and I, I decided to my wife, I said to my wife, Look, I can't do this anymore, man. I gotta stay home. I miss you guys. My kids are growing up, they're now five and six, and at the time they were two and three. I said, I'm staying home. She said, What are you gonna do? I said, I have no idea. I don't know how to do online business. So I first, I sat down and said, Okay, I know that I have valuable content, so what am I gonna do? So I said, "Where can I go? Where can I go?" Oh, veterans. So I'm a veteran. Well, I'm a business guy. Okay, I've done a lot. You know, I, I generated over five hundred million euros um, and dollars for for my clients, right? Um, and I was like, okay. So I went in. I went into a Facebook group with about two thousand people, and uh, it was a veteran entrepreneur Facebook group. And I, I asked the owner, "I said, hey, do you mind if I do a live video every day? And just." Add value. And what I did was is I literally told them the entire thing. I told them the what, the how, the when, the what, you know, everything. I didn't sell. I didn't give a shit. I just said, I'm going to talk and add value. I don't even care. And I what I, what I, what I was doing there was leading without expectations. So I was leading with content and giving, you know, solutions to problems that I knew that they had, but I had zero expectations. And that creates a dynamic that's incredible because what happened was is about, you know, you know, every, every, out of everyone who listens, they say eighty twenty rule. Eighty percent take action. I mean, twenty percent take action. Eighty percent—that's bullshit. Only about six percent take action. And from those six percent, three percent or four percent will actually listen to you and do what you say and go out and do it and make it. You know, make make themselves successful. Or the other three will call you and say, "Hey, I, I heard what you said, but can you do it for me?" And I was like, uh, "Sure." And they're like, well, "What's the cost?" And I was like, "I don't even know." <laughs> so I started just charging like five hundred dollars an hour and I charged $1,000 an hour, and then I charged um, uh, 3000 a month for four months minimum. Then I charged 5000 a month for four months minimum, and it just kept going from there. And this was on Facebook Live in one group with no logo, no brand, no website, no name of anything except for my name. I help you with your business. And so in three months, I made 100 k And I was like, damn. And on top of that, right during those times that I was giving those all that content, the group grow grew from two thousand to like six thousand. And I got booked on like six stages in America for veteran and military conferences. So there here I am flying from America or from Europe to America, speaking on stages just because I was in a Facebook group adding value. And so after we got to about ten thousand people in that group, the guy said who owned the group said, Look, man, everybody thinks this is your group, why don't you just take it? So I took it over. And now I own the group. we got 15,000 veterans in there. We have a paid group of veterans. They pay $49 a month. And they get to see me and my partner four times a week. Uh, uh, sorry, four times a month, uh, once a week. And we break them up into squads where they have their own meetings as well. And, man, we're buying companies, selling companies, fixing businesses, doing Facebook. I mean, it's crazy. It's it's amazing how, how it all worked out. And it all started with zero budget and zero overhead. So anybody's out there wants to start a business, man, they all, you really need to find your niche. Like, who are you talking to? And what's their problem? For real, like what's their real problem? Not a problem you think they have, but a problem that they know they have. What is it that they really, really need that you can provide a solution to? And here's the key point. You don't have to have all the answers. When someone asks me a question that I don't know, I said, you know what? That's a great question. Let me get back. Let me, let me get with my team and my partners. I'm going to find an answer for you better than you've ever had before. You you, you, you cool with that? Yeah, let's go. Okay, boom. So as long as you can show up wholly and fully for that person in front of you or the, the whole crowd in front of you, with no preconceived notions or cookie cutter solutions, and no expectations, focusing on the only thing that you control—that's the intention of adding value by solving problems. You're going to win every time. Focus on the intention, not on the outcome.
2: And that's the an alpha mentality, right? You have to have
3: that. Yeah, yeah, it's the alpha mentality. But 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 remember, the the humble part is that all these things on the outside, all these titles, and the whole point about humble alpha is this. The humble alpha. We we start with your identity. Who are you really? If you talk to somebody, you're getting in an argument. They're like, Hey man, do you know who I am? And I mess with me. You're like, No, who are you? I'm the the boss, the CEO, the major, whatever. And like, I I always say, Well, you know, actually, that's not who you are. That's what you do. Who are you? And they're like, What do you mean? Man? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And so most people don't know. So if anybody out there listening, don't worry. There's less than you know, less than five percent of people know actually who they are and can articulate it. And so we find, yeah, we, we, we have the book, and in the book there's a story in each chapter. Then there's the lesson from the story. Then there's exact steps, and I mean exact steps, of exactly how to extract it from yourself. Then we move on to purpose. So your purpose, um, you know, everybody hates that word. I know it's, like, overused. But purpose is more like a spiritual positioning. Like, what, what am I about? You know what I mean? Like, why am I here on this planet? And what why do I matter? Right? So we help you find that. And that crystallizes much easier when you know who you are because it's aligned. It has to be aligned. And once your purpose and your certainty are, I mean sorry, your purpose and your identity are aligned, it creates certainty. And certainty is magic because when you're certain that something's happening, you don't have to worry about how it's gonna happen. So all of that forethought and all the worry and all that it just falls away. And so then comes the titles and the positions because your identity and your purpose fulfill those positions and those titles to amplify to the people that need to see you. So that's what the book is about. It's, a, it's owning your presence in life and becoming the epic leader you're meant to be. And leadership is on the freaking inside. It's not the structures, the titles, the nice degrees and all this crap, you know. It's not that. Anyone who says they're a leader because they're qualified doesn't, doesn't know what a leader is. Um, and, and that's my personal opinion, And I and I'll say that to anybody. So leadership doesn't mean you're rich. A leadership doesn't mean you have the biggest mouth. That's not who the lead, uh, a leader is. A leader is someone who knows themselves and how they can have impact on the world around them and on their world because that's the only impact you can really have. You know, I, I have people coming up to me and saying like, you know, global warming and uh, you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, look, let me ask you a question. Like, why? I said, do you recycle? Do you, do you recycle all your And you're like, uh, well, no, it's not mandatory. I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So... Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, by example, if you're going to talk to me about something and you're not doing it, then then please step aside, right? So until you get yourself straight, it's really tough to be a leader. It's really tough to tell people how to live or what to do or how to be successful if you're not yourself. Now, look, I'm not Grand Cardone or anything like that, but I make enough money, you know, and I've lived a life that has a track record of, uh, of accomplishments over and over and over again, and they're all in the book for everyone to – to read. Now this is not a, 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 a what do you call it? A, a how to book. You know what I mean? It's a what to book. This is what you do with yourself to go out and crush it. It's not how to go out and crush it. Cause you, I can't tell you how to do that. I can tell you the models we use to find and extract what is amazing inside of you. And I tell you, everyone has amazingness in, in, inside of them. You read this book, you extract that and go out and crush it. And I mean, crush societal expectations of what everybody thinks you're supposed to do, say, how you're supposed to look, what you're supposed to wear, how you're supposed to be, all that shit falls away. All of it. And that's why this book is so powerful. And I believe, um, with my partner Lane Ballone, um, that this is going to change what people understand as what leadership really is. And in order to do that, we've actually got this now. It's now a college course. And it's going to be implemented in the universities in America. Um, And it's, uh, it's also available starting next month online for anyone who wants to, wants to grab it. And if you take the course and you pass, which hopefully will, uh, you also get a college certificate. So it's a certificate course. There's no one out there that I know that has an online course that's college certified. You know. And guess what? We didn't even ask for this. Then they came to us. So you see what I'm saying? You attract success. You attract the right people when you're true to yourself and embrace all of your knuckleheadedness, your greatness, and everything in between, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I get so excited about it, man, because I've helped thousands of people in my life get to where they want to go. And I, I have to say, there's nothing more exciting to me when I see someone up there on stage or they're crushing it in their business, and they just give me that look, like that little wink, like "Thanks, I don't need anything else." You know what I'm saying? Like they just look at me and go, "Dude, thanks." And it's like pfft. I get tears in my eyes sometimes when I when I think about the. The people and where they are now and stuff. And some people have forgotten me, of course. That's what happens when some people make it. And uh, it doesn't bother me. It's just just why I live, brother.
2: Because when you know who you are, you know what I mean? Again, that's the alpha side. You don't got to worry about things like that. And one thing I like that you said was that uh, what did you say? You said it's not a how-to book. It's a what-to book. And again, you said I can't tell you how and part of the reason why you can't because if you don't know your purpose and who you are, it's really hard to give you directions on, you know what I mean? You nailed it. You
3: nailed it. I'm glad you got that. I'm glad you got that. You nailed it. It's exactly right. I can't tell you how to be. I can't tell you what to do. I can't. I can tell you. I can't tell you. You're going to go out and do this now because this this will happen. I can't. You have to know what your alignment is with your identity. Who are you? And then you have to align that with your purpose. And then it happens by itself because people see that and they're like, yeah, I mean have you ever been in a room where someone walks in and your back is turning, and you're like, Holy shit, who's that? You just feel it. Right. Those people know who they are. They know who they are. They're powerful. They knew who they are. I always call it your inner it's it's your nuclear reactor inside of you. It burns hot. So you're you're alpha on the inside and humble on the outside.
2: Facts. Facts. That's dope. Yeah, man. Um tell listeners. It's fun, brother. I'll tell you Tell our listeners how to get your book. Cause I'm gonna definitely get me oh, a yeah. copy and we we gonna talk. You know what I mean? Cause I I'm gonna need an autograph copy because you guarded <laughs> Mick Jagger's home, life. It's you it's you a bad motherfucker. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> we, when, when
3: when I get home, we can definitely hook up, man. If I ever get home, Jesus. Um, well, um, you can get it on Audible. You can get it on Apple iTunes. You can get her whatever it's, iTunes I think it's called. Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's uh, paperback. It's Kindle. It's auto, It's audio. Um, wherever you want to unleash your humble alpha or go to humble alpha book.com and get a free excerpt of it before if you want to read it before you buy it humblealphabook.com uh, you can download an excerpt read a little bit if you like it go out and grab yourself a copy we really appreciate it
2: okay that's dope that's dope and, and that's things that you know what i mean you definitely need to apply to you though, if you if you're striving you know what i mean to take them steps well nothing's easy man you Nothing. know look i'm 53 years old i'm 53 years
3: old and you know i started working less three years ago so you know at 50 i was like All right, i'm done with this shit man i'm dying tra- traveling four days a week like enough of it. now don't get me wrong i loved it i didn't work that much i just traveled more well i traveled actually more than i worked but because as a consultant, you literally don't do any work. You just talk to people and tell them what to do. <laughs> right. So, you know, and uh, so it wasn't that bad. But it was just travel all the time. You're beat out. You're never comfortable in a hotel. You know, 300 days a year or whatever it was. Um, and it took me a long time to get out of that because you have to get out of your own way and realize that more work doesn't mean more money, and more work doesn't mean more success. It, it, it doesn't. And I have to tell you that if I look at the gross earnings that I had before, of course, millions, you know, it was different then. But the net earnings, they're they're pretty close because I have zero overhead. I don't have ten thousand dollars worth of cost per month just for airplanes, just, just for plane tickets. And not 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 to mention the food and the hotels and the cars and the gas and you know. So, you know, I was probably spending at my at you know, ten, fifteen K a month just on travel. Add that up. That's 150k a year, 115k a year, something like that, 20, 130k a year, yeah. just on trap. And so now I don't have that anymore. So I, I make that much more. So you see what I'm saying? It's like, it's not the gross that matters. It's what's in, what ends up in your pocket. Facts. That's why that's why entrepreneurship is so beautiful, man. You can form your own life.
2: Yeah. So yeah. um, I'm i gonna want, want get a little bit back into uh, you know, kind of you living in the cut. So that, that was, I, I I would assume it would be, because how you break it down, kind of a business move also, smart, you know what I mean, cut the costs on things. And I, and I guess that's, I guess your own personal, you know what I mean, whatever reasons you have that, you know what I mean, well, to be me. out of society. Well,
3: I, I, I know me, and I'm a, I'm a distractor, like, I love people. Mm-hmm. So, and I, and I lived in the city, and we lived in Budapest for a while downtown, and our neighbor was like this famous drummer, and the other guy was a famous piano player, they were all all, all in my apartment building, and I was sick of apartments too, by the way, and I, I was always like, hey man, what's going on, and my wife's like, can you stay home, and come on, you know? <laughs> so, you know, uh, I, I know me, so I figured if I move in the middle of nowhere, and no one knows me, then I, then no one
2: can talk to me, so um, <laughs> I, I literally, I, I literally stay here and do my job, and... Work. Kind of just need a break.
3: Yeah, you know, I, I don't mind at
2: all. I don't mind at all. That's dope. You you do your yeah. own farming out there and all that? One, one, one second. I'm sorry. My daughter's
3: here. What's I want no, my chocolate. Is... I don't know where it is. It's on that... Okay, I'm on a phone call right now, baby. <laughs> go ask mommy. But mommy's
4: just... Mommy's doing... He, she She's jammed. Okay, well, go tell her because I'm on, I'm on the phone right now,
3: okay? You can get it in a
2: minute, okay? <laughs> you can get it in a minute. Okay. <laughs> All right, sorry about that. What was the question? That's all right. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, what was I saying? I don't know. I get the... I, uh, I, I get uh, off track real easy. Hello, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, you were talking about living in the stick and doing
3: my... Se- or in the cut, sorry.
2: Yeah, the cut. That's <laughs> the like, cut. That no, I, was, ask, I yeah. was asking about uh, do you do your own farming out there? I'm sure they appointed you head of security or something around there.
3: You know, these are old villages of old, older people that have been here forever and they have never moved, so we are not very well appreciated here. They think we're some kind of, like, rich, you know, mm. you know, sort of idiot. Mm. idiot. Like, you know, yeah, like, like, you know, my I have two kids in the school here and my wife meets with the other wives and they're always talking, what does do? Why He never leaves the house except for go to the gym. And, you know, and she's like, I don't really know what he does. He's just on the phone all the time. And uh, so now there's like rumors, like I'm a I'm a money launderer, I'm in the mafia, and I'm just ridiculous, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I was like,
2: let him believe it. Lisa, leave us alone, you know. Um, and <laughs> and I um, I mean, I had it's-, a argu- yeah, it's funny because I had an argument with a neighbor, and their dog was barking for like six hours straight. And Finally, went over. I said, please do something with your dog.
3: And she's like, <laughs> and the husband and wife are like, it's a dog. It's going to bark. And I was like, huh. Okay, if I take a stereo and turn it on and point it right in your direction, that's a stereo. It's going to it's gonna be a stereo, right? Can, can we stop this game? And then there was some guy standing there, some random dude, you know, you know, stepped up to me. And, I'm, a, you know, I have PTSD, so
2: that's also one of the reasons why I moved into the country because the stress of traffic and everything always makes me a little bit antsy. Mm. So he stepped up on me, and that just triggered something in me, and I got
3: a little bit, you know, loud, I guess you could say. Okay. <laughs> they called the cops. Yeah, they called the cops, you know, the cops came, or the cop, there's only one cop here. He's not even a cop, he's like a constable. And he came and he's like, um, okay, he looked at me, I'm 6'4", 240. Yeah. And um, he, he's like, um, okay. And they called my wife and said, hey, uh, we're standing in front of your husband. <laughs> Is he dangerous?
2: <laughs> and she said, no, but he's a, he's a war veteran. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. Media. Now, so don't, you, agitate you don't agitate him. You dangerous. You yeah. dangerous. And listen, don't for the listeners, agitate. listen, because you heard the stat he throw out there. He's 6'4", about 240. So, you know, i I seen his Instagram pictures and everything. He definitely looked like you would trust your life in his hands. He, he, you know what I mean? Look, <laughs> no fit now, You say you 53? Yeah, fifty three. Yeah. Look, no better. 53. You... You, you, Thanks, could, you could be uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, stunt devil or something <laughs> <laughs> you're definitely you definitely in shape you you definitely healthy I can tell you're eating right you know what I mean yeah don't be lying on people yeah, you're, you're a little dangerous <laughs> well, so
3: now everybody thinks you know they're like okay he's a money laundering mafia guy who's got PTSD so no one, no one messes with me I walk through town you know
4: like, they start looking at me like loser. you know kind of thing
3: and it's like I don't, I don't need that, but I don't, I don't, I don't mess with that image either. So then no one messes with me, you know. Because what happens? You know how it is when you're big and stuff. You know, the, the big yeah. guys always get messed with the most. That's why we're always in the most fights. When I was in Germany, I had my clubs. In three years, I had over hundred fights. I was in jail. I was, you know, I was, fighting with Nazis. I had my nose broken and my eye socket kicked in, and my, my, my retina se- separated fighting with Nazis, skinheads. And he Berlin, yeah, man. I had like hundreds of fights. It was crazy. I don't need that shit. And that's why I don't like the city. I don't like people who stepping up. I don't like people getting, getting all nervous and stuff around me. I don't like any of that stuff. So I just stay away. Focus on my business. Focus on adding value. Helping others pull the greatest version of themselves out of themselves so they can step into their fucking greatness. My
2: Let me ask you this: Would you would you consider that like because um, you say as far as your P S, uh, what is it? i S D. P T S D. I'm sorry. So would you yep. would you rec- recommend like for other veterans that that go through that like you know separating yourself and you know what I mean would you recommend that for them did that help you I'm I'm sure that helps you well it helps me but everyone's different see what happens is um, if you're
3: not if you're not aligned with who you are inside you accept all those things goods and bads then being alone can lead to depression right so right. a lot of these exactly. guys these guys and gals come out and they want diversion distraction so they don't have to think about it. So they're busy 24/7. They're working 24/7. They're out drinking 24/7. They're always doing something to distract themselves from that. I don't need to do that anymore. So in the beginning, I did, and that's why I was in nightclubs and bars. I was I was up 24 hours a day, you know, staying awake, doing this and doing that. You know, over here, you know, the things that we did to stay awake are, you know, it's, they're not legal in America, but here it's 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 so socially acceptable, <laughs> or was anyway. Um, so you know, um, I you know I, I I think the younger guys are the guys that haven't dealt with the PTSD yet, it's dangerous for them to just go out by them on their own. A lot of them do, though, because, like, I'd rather be on my own and be depressed than be in the middle of getting in fights all the time and getting in trouble, because you can't yeah. control it, man. You, honest to God, you can't control it. When someone triggers me, which is very rare, it's been once in the last five years or six years, you just can't, you lose everything. You lose sight. You lose everything. It's like black, and you just explode like a, like a grenade. So, you know, it's not, it's not a fun thing, and... People used to use me for it when I was in the club scene. You know, they'd be like, "Oh man, uh, Steve's that big guy. He thinks he's so tough," kind of thing.
2: what you're humble. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it yeah, definitely sure. does. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's crazy. That's dope. Uh, um yeah. I'm gonna get no, into I go ahead. talking about that shit here, man.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Damn. Hey, I told you, you know, this, this is what yeah, I man. I'm a conversator. I like I that's kind of one of the gifts I have that's I, I know that ain't my full purpose, but it's, it's a, definitely a part of my per- purpose. I'm, I'm a people man. person. I can, I, I, you know what I mean? People comfortable talking to me. You know what I mean? I, I'm just... Yeah, for sure, man. I feel like I'm sitting in your living room right now. Yeah. cracked open, it, crack open it, a few beers. We're good to go. I'm definitely cracked over open uh, 1800. <laughs> 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 and, and you oh, make man. me feel that comfortable too. Though. Like, it took from, it went from, like I say, me being all hype, you know what I mean, to... Oh, this is my buddy. This is You know what I mean? I'm getting to know my buddy over here. You know what I mean? you a cool dude. Thanks, man. You know what I mean? We're going to get into the, uh, like I told you, uh, the black facts. So what I do for the first-time listeners, I hope I hope y'all ain't too far off the grid. You can bring me some listeners from your village. You know what I mean? <laughs> I don't know. They don't like you over there. <laughs> uh, but, but like I say, with the black facts, like I say, over... Well, you know, you from over there. I, I, I got to talk to you like you're a foreigner. You know what I mean? You're, you're definitely here. You, you laid your life on the line for us, you know what I mean? So, But what I like to do with the black facts, like I say, in our school systems, you know, you get kind of the same things. All, all we get is Black History Month, and then sometimes you get all the, it's repetitive. Yeah. Frederick Douglass, Martin Luther King, you know what I mean? And not to take nothing away from them, but you know what I mean. I just like to dig deeper down in the box, and, and for me, yeah. I, I learn as I do this too. Everybody, this ain't just stuff out that I'm just all oh, educated and I do this, you know what I mean. I learn every episode pretty much. I, I might learn something too as, as I share this. So, um, yeah. who I chose for this week, and I, I kind of chose this person because I thought you was in, uh, in England. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> But you all over the place. Now you say your ninth country, but I, I chose uh, Ulara Kiano, and I had to stop and concentrate to pronounce that. Cause like I said, I've been sipping this tequila. But uh, born March thirty first, uh, seventeen forty five, known most of his life as Gustavus Vasa. Um, he was a writer and abolitionist enslaved as a child in Africa and that's something I want to put in there because again when we talk about slavery we some people might not know or some people might forget that slavery was all over the world you know what I mean so oh, yeah. that's something that's something I, I, I learned you know what I mean not that I learned that but okay he, he was a slave that a child in Africa so uh he was taken yeah. to the Caribbeans and sold as a slave to a a Royal Navy officer. He was sold twice more, but purchased his freedom in 1766. As a free man in London, uh, he supported the British abolitionist movement. And sometimes I can't even read my own handwriting when I be Russian. But uh, he was part of the Sons of Africa, an abolitionist group composed of Africans living in a Britain, living in Britain, and was active among leaders of the anti-slave trade uh, movement in the seventeen eighties. Um, he published his autobiography, The Interesting Narrative of the Life of, Ulada, Keanu in uh, seventeen eighty nine, which depicted the horrors of slavery. Uh, it also went through nine editions in his lifetime and helped gain passage of the uh, British Slave Trade Act of uh, 1807, which abolished slavery, The uh, abolished the slave trade back then. So uh, that's our, I like to say, it's the alley-oop for this week. You know what I mean? I, like I said, I'll give them yeah. a little bit, research them, you know what I mean, for people that's interested like in the,
3: all yeah, that. Great, great idea. I'm a history buff too. I just I get into all kinds of stuff like that. It's just it's amazing what we don't know, man. Amazing, what I mean, what we're not taught. It's crazy. But the funny thing is, uh, the more you learn, the less you know because you learn about him. Now you got to know his whole. Now you know nothing about him. Right. You know his name and but where did he live? Where did he come from? What was his
2: why I call it the alley-oop because you know I give you a little bit now you go you 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 put it into you and you go, you do your research and you know what I mean you find out
3: the yeah nice. you know I, mean? uh, I get I get it now it took, it took me a
2: while for the coin to drop I get it now okay yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's a dope your history buff I live with my uncle my uncle was a history buff and I, I love I love talking about history because again you got to understand the history to understand what's going on today and everything so yeah for sure. So you definitely got to know. But that was this week's black fact for this week. You know what I mean? Week in yep. here kicking it. with. What was your rank in the Army? Sergeant. Sergeant. Okay. We're saying what? Yeah. Sergeant Cone. Cone. Yeah, there you go. Haven't heard that in a long <laughs> time, man. How many push-ups can you do right now? Right now, without stopping? Without stopping. <laughs> I might be yeah. I might be able to arm wrestle you I don't know I might be able to do about 70 80. little skinny old me yeah well that's our part I mean you, like the skinny guys and the guys and the short guys and the yeah and the I don't got 240 yeah. to lift up all them times you know? yeah exactly that's the point I mean when, when, if, if I do 70 pushups
3: in a row right now my arm's gonna explode I mean that lactic acid builds up inside yeah is, oh man I was on stage one time, and they they said, oh, you know, let's get him to do some push-ups, and I don't know, I was, like, trying to be funny and stuff, and someone challenged me, like, oh, there's no way you can do 70 push-ups. You know, I was, like, 50 at the time, and I was, like, all right, here we go. The whole crowd's cheering. I about had a heart attack,
2: man. Yeah, (laughs) and I'm lying, and I'm lying. I probably only can do about 30, 35. I'm lying. As I think about it, I'm thinking 70. Hold on. (laughs) I usually start to burn out around twenty. What I'm talking about. Yeah, 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 It's not easy, man. It's not easy. Push-ups are a thing. Like if you're using your triceps, it's really
3: tough. You got to use your chest, and then like I'll I'll do my chest for the first ten or twenty, and then I'll switch to triceps, and then I'll switch back to chest, and I'll switch back to triceps. You know which muscles you're using. You're always using a little bit of chest and tricep either way, but you can focus on one and sort of give them a rest. Um, yeah, I remember in the army, I hated the PT test. I wasn't that big stud in the army. I only got to be you know sort of really. Because I was skinny, you know? they make you run 15, 20 clicks a day, right? You know, kilometers a day, every day. And you're, you're skinny
2: as a, a, a rail. You can't so, gain So, how much days. was you weighing when you first enlisted?
3: Oh, when I first enlisted, but mm-hmm. that's a different story. I was in high school when I was 18, I was 240.
4: Damn. But it, was, it wasn't
3: like, yeah, I played football, but I sucked at it because I had no self belief. Uh-huh. I was literally the guy that said, okay, last play of the last game uh, in, in the season. We, if they get this field goal we lose
2: Coon, get on they, in there
3: Coon, no, no 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 Coon. whatever you do do not rush the punt or the, the kicker because he's going to run around you and make a touch, you know make a touchdown and I was like okay I rush the kicker he runs around me and makes a touchdown that was me <laughs>
2: looking for that all year. <laughs> This is, we just be kicking it man we talking we get to know each other it's no judgment zone over here you know what I mean I just wanna I thank you I appreciate you for coming through and and you know what I mean kicking it with me uh definitely definitely people get out there get that book it, it's I'm definitely going like I said I'm gonna get my copy but if you listen to this conversation you you already know you you real real recognize real it's, I know that's a great read um <clears throat> before we get up out of here though. One thing I like to do is the um, it's the quick tip. That's how I end out the show usually. Um, it's just something that you a little advice you would like to throw at people. I know you got plenty. This would be easy for you, because I'm sure you got tons of advice you can throw at people. Um,
3: well, who's your audience? Like, what's your your, your typical audience? Is it, are they entrepreneurs, are they business owners, are they you know employees? What's what's your
2: audience um, I like a better tip. See, this is the thing. We gonna go with the uh, dude, that's cool to go with the business or the entrepreneur tip because I'm actually in the entrepreneur gen- genre right now. Okay. But how my analytics is broken down, I I it ain't that deep right now. Uh, that I know okay. specifically as as so far as that. But I'm definitely again the purpose of my podcast is for you know to to help. The businesses, the entrepreneurs, and all that. So definitely, if if you want to go ahead and throw that 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 tip out there.
3: Sure. Sure. You know, I I've, I you know I consult um, um veterans every day. Uh, you know, from my group, I've consulted I don't know two, three hundred, four hundred veterans in the last three years, and I they're all small business owners. And then I talk to their wives, and then their buddies call me. You know, this kind of stuff. And the one thing I would see is that they don't see the forest for the trees. So they're so close to the business that they don't see the opportunities that they have. So I always say. Get outside help. That doesn't mean hire a consultant. That just said, ask somebody who's been there and done that. The biggest advice I can ask you is if you want to get somewhere and you know somebody who's been there and done that, just ask them, hey, man, I'm here, having a little trouble. Can you help me out? Give me a, part, a few tips. What can I do? That's number one. Number, number two is <clears throat> people think that you have to use every single piece of technology that exists. You don't have to do Facebook ads. You don't have to do Facebook. You don't have to do Instagram. You don't have to do Twitter and Tinder and all these other whatever they're called. Um, you know, you don't have to do all of those apps. Choose your message for your demographic. So who are you serving? Who is it? What's their problem? Solve it. That's your message pretty much, right? And then take that message and put it on. Like, for instance, if you want to if you want to reach people over 50, the biggest platform for people over 50 was Facebook, I don't know if it's like that anymore. Matter of fact, the fastest growing demographic on Facebook last year was over 60. Mm-hmm. So when you know these things, you're like, okay, that's what my audience is. Well, then I got to go to Facebook. It doesn't, you don't need to go to Instagram because, you know, people over 60. I almost said like grandma, but I'm I'm 53, so I got to be careful. <laughs> you know, people, <laughs> over uh, people over 60 aren't people over 60 aren't going to be on Instagram, right? They're not going to be on Instagram. They're not going to be on what's that one? Clicker, Twitch, whatever that one TikTok. is. TikTok. That TikTok, yeah, you know, they don't, they have no one's on it. See, I don't even know what the name is. I mean, I mean, like, that's how far out I am. So, you know, choose your audience. I mean, choose your demographic, choose your audience, solve their problem with a, a solution. And that solution can be anything. There's people make millions of dollars. Like this one guy, Morty, on, on, on um, Clubhouse, he invented um, a Jewish star for the top of the Christmas tree. Just on, for his own, some friends. But it. guy sold 500,000 units for Christmas. Like, it was just something he did in his garage. like you never know what's going to pop. You never know what's going to pop. But if you have a solution uh, for an issue that you know that people have, then you can serve them. Simple Mm. as that. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. But again, yeah, I think I think a big one is this, especially for for like I'm thinking back to PA right now and how everybody acts in PA and shit, where I'm from and stuff. And you know, I feel like we're we're well, actually, this is the truth: is that we're so everything that's going on around us. And that, that that takes us away from who we really are. It takes us away from our true power. It takes us it takes us away from the belief in ourselves, man. I mean, who gives a
4: shit what people think about you? Right. Who
3: gives a shit what people think you should do, what you should be, how you should dress, how you should look, who cares? If you're happy, you can find I mean if you find your identity and your purpose, if you find out who you really are and what you stand for, none of that matters. And and all of a sudden a third, a half of your day is suddenly freed up because you don't have these thoughts anymore about what's you thinking? Why is she looking at me? Why is she doing that? What's going on? You don't think about that anymore. So free yourself man, and just free yourself from all that outside bullshit and say, oh, no, everything on the outside is a distraction. The true power is on the inside.
2: Simple as that. Simple as that. And the quick tip I'm going to throw out there is be humble and ain't nothing wrong with being alpha. This is the Close Your Airs podcast. This is Steve Korn. We up out of here. Peace. I love y'all. What up, what up, what up, what up? Y'all know what it is. I guess we're going to call this part two. If you was listening, well, by the time you're hearing this, you'll hear there's two parts. I did an interview yesterday with uh, Stephen Cohn, um, author, business consultant, and um yeah that was that was that was part one, I guess I was I was I was going to tap in and, and, and try to pick his brain a little bit to see if he wanted to talk about the events at the Capitol, but I said, nah, you know that's he here to sell a book and, and talking to him real down to earth fellow, so. I don't. I don't even think he fully would have been totally. Oh, that was crazy. I. I think he would have had some real, some real valid points to add to that. But again, he, he was here to sell a book, and sell his services, his business, and all that. So you know you don't want to mix politics with all that when you got a guest on there, and, and that was something I just thought of it. I was like I said I was gonna I definitely wanted to. To get. That outside, because the boy living, uh, well, I thought he was living in England. He actually living in Hungary. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I want to see that England. What y'all thinking about this, this this circus over here? So, you know, like I said, he, he was down to earth, cool-ass dude. He, he said he bodyguard for Mick Jagger, cuz. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> Bad motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, So, you know yeah. what I mean? But, um, but he said he living in Hungary. And he kind of living what they call off the grid and shit. Mm-hmm. So again, that lets me know where his mind at with all the shit is. He ain't gonna have your your typical patriotic. You Anosophy know what I mean? And shit. Right, right, right. So, but I, I left it alone. I said, you know what? I'm gonna say this for the motherfucking aboriginal. So here we are, part two. Got the aboriginal back up in the motherfucking building. Y'all ready, y'all alrighty. You don't know.
1: I'm here to uh. Share what the closure is, Gus, man. What's going on out here,
2: man? You already get my little philosophy. Y'all already know. Sipping on this 1800. So again, and like I said, it was, it was kind of the whole shit with the Capitol. Mm-hmm. I almost said, you know what? I'm going to just let that circuit slide. We just going to do this show. And, you know what I mean? But then I am like, yo, I got to talk about it. Ain't no way in hell. I'd be right if you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. because
1: It's like you said, like just having a platform and all that shit and all this shit going on. Like you said, you got to
2: speak on it. Definitely. And see, one part that I know where we found, me and Aboriginal found this shit funny at is is because again, when we got to talking about the debates, Mm mm-hmm, me and cuz is like, are y'all listening to what the fuck this nigga just said? Y'all was so focused on he's racist, he won't denounce white supremacy. Do you see why he wouldn't denounce like I was saying his gang? Like uh, and again, it's funny everybody acts so surprised, everybody was so shocked. But again, he said this to y'all face and y'all was so tied up in the hate of just hating him because he's racist, that you don't even listen to what the man telling you when he telling you January 6th. He told y'all at the debate, January 6th is coming. If I lose, this is why I'm not going to abide by losing because y'all doing X, Y, and Z. And since y'all doing X, Y, and I ain't going nowhere. And it's so crazy because, like you said, it's, it's the part of not paying attention that's
1: getting us right now. Y'all you know I mean the where we were so stuck on, on just... Uh, the election and all that, the focus on the election part of, of that vote and shit that was going on at that time. And Trump was already on it because where he was already about to throw a whole wrench in the game that these motherfuckers didn't see. And it was the outright strong what he showed us on TV because that your damn government is corrupt. The whole goddamn thing is corrupt. And I'm going to show y'all right on this damn television because how corrupt, how corrupt, corrupt it is. is, cause And if y'all couldn't see it because it's just like, like you said, a uh, uh, double-edged sword of white people being able to get away with that shit that went down. You know what I mean? And, and the government knew they were going to do it because they were like... It was already like the date was set up and everything. I didn't even really start paying attention to it myself until a little bit later on to where like he he damned herself... Like, Trump is so much of a genius, cuz. Oh, man, like... The
2: evil genius. I don't evil even know. genius, cuz. <laughs> I don't even know if we can fully call him evil. Man. But he's definitely evil genius status, you know what I mean? Cuz, and like I said, y'all y'all, y'all y'all, so caught up in the hype. Y'all caught up in the media. The, the, and, and y'all let them paint the picture for y'all. Granted, mm-hmm. okay, he's a racist again. Like I say a racist that can openly, you know, show his racist sides, I can fuck with him.
1: But Trump know, Trump know about loopholes because that these people don't know about because when it comes to this law and shit like that, because it's like the shit that these motherfuckers did because that Trump set them up to do, it's all the way, quote-unquote, in the right because if your government is corrupt because
2: the people can overthrow this bitch. And that's another thing you I mean, want to put in. When they say... He incited, cause he's smart. Yeah, cause. See, he knew. Yeah. He knew who he was talking to. Mm-hmm. And again, they again they they have they been they've been again the whole white supremacy thing. They they've been in cahoots forever. Forever.
1: So they know forever, how each forever, other roll. They know
2: certain things to say to trigger you. Mm-hmm. So when you go back and listen to that speech, he didn't tell them niggas to go. He told them to go down there and march and peacefully protest. He said that. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of why you know the media's p- painting this picture. Why they go arrest his
1: ass then? Because the people always got a right to do what they do because to that government shit to work because we could overthrow your ass at any given fucking time. We feel like it if we don't agree with this shit. And especially if we think some corruption's going on up in there. We could overthrow it. Hey. But the black people... They don't want no parts of that fight. That the white type of people, smoke? yeah, white people want that smoke. Black people don't want that smoke they to know. overthrow this government.
2: Cause Cause they, 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 they,
1: they think Stockholm it's home syndrome. syndrome, they think it's we, they think we, we, we part of that. Shit, Wee. Where they want to play, we, 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 like we got a goddamn. I say say so shit. and what's going on in this joint where <laughs> we don't uh, appoint no governors, we, judges, or any of this shit. It ain't no we we shut up and get the bags, but but, ain't no but, wee. but the white people know it's we we when it comes to that type of shit and fighting and this. And, see, and they will use us to play we we with them, and we ain't got this. Is not our nation. This is they shit. They will. They got like because they know what they're doing, and Trump's the right motherfucker for it. And this is why I'm all I, like because I hope they tear this bitch up. Like tear it up, like fuck. North and South start fighting again. Yeah, you know I mean, but just for for us, that smart black people, stay out of it. Like let them let them do what they and do, cuz.
2: And that's what I couldn't get. I'm like, hold on. So let me break this down. Cause you know, a couple, I made a couple different. And when I make these posts, I try to, I try to say it in 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 the simplest form. Mm-hmm. Cause sometimes motherfuckers get to run use all these big words and political terms and shit. I break it down simple. Mm-hmm. The same government that is oppressing us, we was just marching all summer for Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud, George, you know what I mean? We did all this protesting and marching, protesting against the government because the government is letting us just get slaughtered like pigs. That's a fact. We all know this. At what point do you turn around and say... Oh, and people call all type of poor white trash out there. Didn't then you didn't see it? This start hold on, Let me some lawmakers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hold up, that was that was a uh, that was a, a teacher from the school your child go to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Susquehanna Township. You know what I mean? And, and they was all type of poor, and then they started breaking their hood. But why do you get mad at anybody that's attacking your enemy, your oppressor? For regardless we made and see again we don't understand why they protesting or whatever because we're below citizenship the shit we fighting for is, is again below level of the shit they fight they on the level saying we don't like this and we again the American right as y'all say so it's, it's like it's just it just blows my mind when black people act like this. Then, then And then again, y'all voting, niggas, because, again, I again, not that I'm totally against the whole voting thing again, but vote for somebody that's that's going to give you something in return for your vote. Stop playing with me. Y'all voted. <laughs> y'all voted for the, the two. Like I said, that cabinet is responsible for incarcerating more black men than any president. You can, all of them put together.
1: Because they don't even know how to get nothing for they vote. Because they do for your vote, vote. you're not getting nothing about voting for them. Like they they got to pray right now that they're gonna get something. But guess what?
2: Mutants. you wanna vote and play the little voting game. If a civil war spark off between Trump supporters, you buyin' niggas supposed to be going down there and defending your capital Man. or your White House. They see how this country got
1: defended. They see how this shit got defended when it was time to uh defend that white house cuz where it was uh, let these white people come on through and then y'all mad yeah, then. why
2: they didn't shoot if that was of course if they was black lives matter or whoever else they getting slaughtered down nigga you mm-hmm. ain't part of this shit mm-hmm. you, you you like what well, cuz tell them you just live here i run shit here like you ain't got a right to protest like nah, that. Nah, y'all can't protest. Shut up. And when 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 we go to protest and we shut up, it's that's like what that It's like the loopholes,
1: because I just was talking about because they were like they know they got a right to overthrow the government. We don't because the word we are so and this is all over the world too because the word this is this is the first time motherfuckers seeing this shit. I ain't even gonna say the first because this ain't the first time somebody ran up in the White House, but it's the first time it got put on television that they could see it. Yeah, I mean that. Yo, somebody will run up in your capital and and try to overthrow your government. But this shit happens in other countries all all the time, time, cuz. I'm talking about all the time. And it just happens that you see a protest going on now in America like that, but it's only white people that can do this type of protest and get away with it, cuz. Nobody else
2: dare to act now. Hell no. And, and y'all them. act, and niggas act like they don't, that's what, some people like, that's what made me mad. And why does that make you mad at the end of the day? It's white on white crime.
1: And they'll try to compare the protests from the summers to that protest, because the, where it's like, oh, the Black Lives Matter is a black movement protest. The where, no, it's not, because you know how I mean? Because that Black Lives Matter movement had more white people out there than black people, because... That's so it, it's the same thing that we're like, because they ain't going to open up on that motherfucking uh, protest out there that them black lives people was doing. It was so many white people in that crowd because were, it's damn near like a a, a gray area again. Because were, we're not going to just outright treat y'all like how we'll treat them uh people in Ferguson when they got the ride in about a real black issue. Mm-hmm. A real black issue because it's going to be done by black people. You're not going to see white people getting into this fight because... For a black issue, you might get some that that know the truth. That whole I come from black people and I'ma join y'all in that fight. Mm -hmm. But them are the ones that really look at humanity and see that man we're all one. We're all one, right? Them ones that got that philosophy, cause that I don't like my whiteness is different than their blackness and all that shit. And they're gonna play like high class, lower class, and all that type of shit. Their philosophies don't match ours, cause and we can't seem to fathom that, cause. No matter how much we want to mix philosophies with these motherfuckers and try to make our philosophies match theirs, it's never going to happen. Ever. We can play politics with these people as much as we want to because their philosophies are never going to match oh, yeah, ours. Cause.
2: Two, different, two different mindsets.
1: And we keep thinking we could go into, uh, into these governments working with these people because in some way, somehow, get the, make them feel our philosophy. Get to making them feel like hold on, cuz let's politic enough to try to make this shit a little bit equal, equal ground. Yeah, you know I mean, cause it never happens in history, ever. They keep voting for it. Keep saying,
2: "Oh, we, if
1: we put a black person in this seat, then then we'll get then
2: them. we'll get some leeway. We'll get some black. Well, wait, wait, wait. Then we got to put some black people over here. And, yeah. <laughs> and it's wait, wait. Well, now we got to get some that's Republican too.
1: You got to vote for. I'm then not, it's gonna you know. be whole. We need a bill passed. <laughs> then, then now, even though you got the person in the seat, now we got to get the bill passed to back it the fuck up. They were like cuz y'all don't Then when it's sign
2: for that, then it's gonna be the Republicans wouldn't sign off on, on the there. bill. The were they're opposing <laughs> it, so we can't even make the shit happen no more. And like this. I said, the, it, when I was saying, you know, Obama ain't really do nothing for us. oh my god, I'm on we on Clubhouse, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, mother I, I said, I asked the people, I said, What have Obama did for us? Now majority definitely did say honestly, nah he ain't do nothing for us. But one nigga gonna say one thing he did for me was he gave me confidence. I said, I'm saying to myself, you know, it's one of them Jones, you don't want to be the, the bad apple always spewing the negativity, so you got to let people have your, your dad huh mm-hmm. But I said, did this nigga say, I asked, what did he do for black people? And you said he gave you confidence. I understand it though, Gus. No, listen. Because again, Michael Jordan, same confidence. A little different. A little I'm gonna different. tell you why. Hey, break that Because as, as a black child, we got taught a whole life, cuz. That we'll never see a black president. Right, cuz. Now, I get that. Right. I get that. But and then, we never well, seen because, it. But then when you know these motherfuckers picked the president... It's so like it, a ain't, it ain't thing, like we said we really, you know what I mean? Yeah, we voted, played the game. This but is again, psychological we got to know. They, what
1: they did with Obama all around the world to try right. to make America So seem when you know like that, wasn't I can't, racist, I can't say,
2: so you had no confidence before 2008?
1: No, they didn't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't, yes. he gave them inspiration to, like, yeah, we <laughs> can have a black president around here. You can at least say, eh, then at least you had confidence Shh. since 84. Man, they ain't had it since they've been voting. And yeah, he gave them the little confidence that, oh, yeah, it didn't change because now we can get black presidents. You know what I mean? But if you don't know about none of this shit that happened before this shit because of how he really got appointed
2: to like, where he didn't get selected. But like I was saying, though, right? So, again, when we talk Obama and what he did for us, mm-hmm. number one excuse is the Republicans, they had the House or the Senate or whatever, so they was blocking everything of all the bills and shit. That that, that, that he is. he he ain't attempt nothing and they block
4: it.
2: <laughs> they just giving you the excuse on you know their future. Talk. I, they read his mind, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess they had a meeting or they talked about that shit in the cut or something mm-hmm. uh, But that's the that's the excuse they throw out there is that the, the, the you know the house and the senate. They they they, they would have blocked anything even though he did shit for the gays and all that shit. Right, which right, the Republicans right. Republicans don't rock with. <laughs> so I'm like, okay. So why the fuck are y'all mad? These white motherfuckers ran to the house in the Senate, ready to—they was ready to zip tie and gag the motherfuckers. <laughs> and it's me, cause it was a—it was a few
1: things that went on, cause in our country that we wasn't paying attention to, cause a few days before all this shit happened. Yeah, I mean, what was that? That shit that went down in Georgia with that uh, that other uh, Senate race. Yeah, I mean, where you—you
2: you coming up with a whole nother election? Cause that's just some. Special shit going on like That everywhere. was It seemed like that was the nail on the coffin. Once yeah, they, there they, won, they won that shit down there in Georgia. And this is why that date was set up that he was telling them when about. The about January
1: resolved. 6th. Where it wants, oh, if y- y'all let this shit go down in, in y'all past right. that joint. And I'm going to show oh, you how corrupt this shit is. Then he thought the exact date. Yeah. It. Hell yeah, he thought the exact date. Because this is why it was all set up, my nigga. And he knew, cause he was telling them like you said, cause from the day of this debate, when they had, when he had the shit before the election even went down, cause when he was sitting there arguing with Biden
2: on the shit, and he sat there told, cause let me lose, I'ma show y'all. Fuck the dude. And it was sad. They wasn't paying. No, they was. This is the worst. <laughs> is this? I want to ask. Is this still the most worst debate ever? When you now that you seen January six came, and then you can say, Man. oh shit. He said all oh, this shit was gonna happen during the debate. Y'all was crying. This is the worst debate. It's just stupid. They're not talking about nothing. They're just insulting he- No, see y'all. <laughs> you, no. I don't know what the fuck y'all be listening to out here, y'all. I really don't. People, I don't
1: think we know how to comprehend. Comprehension. Hear- that's yeah. comprehension. <laughs> yeah. But see, we-
2: it's, it's the brainwash thing, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's clearly mm-hmm. what it is. Where from from and i'ma say it on a sunday from your religion yes to to your politics and then your media is is the mastermind behind all that and, and like i say it, it just gets me like i said y'all claim we know what we fighting for we oppressed all this and that i don't i, I again i can't begin to comprehend why what, what are y'all upset about they were, again it's not like they were out there protesting anything negative towards black people Mm -hmm. they were simply saying my president was cheated the government is cheating in this election because it's the same shit like that was going
1: on during the civil war for real because there were even when our peoples were slaves and shit and these white people got to fighting each other about this country because and 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 they'll teach us because that our people joined the war for uh, to free themselves to be from being slaves and all that shit. Right. Yeah, you know I mean, dude? but you had us fighting on both sides at the same time. On both
2: sides, and and, and that's what's crazy though. But see, those is different times. So not really, Cass. And, and not really. Not really. The, we was physically in a condition where it makes sense. Back then, you would probably fight with the North. You wouldn't. Back then, yeah, you so, were so as now. Now we fast forward to twenty twenty one. We're we're in the con- we're in the position where we could say this ain't none of our business. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, that's why I mean when I say that's the difference in the shit with the, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. But this then this shit is crazy. It's 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 circus. But even back then, because when they used us, they used us
1: for a white people's war. Always, but it, it it's. We joining them because they think we're fighting to get like liberation or some shit like that. And they, and they make us feel as though like that's the fight because to be joining up in. Cause
2: once we that's
1: not the fucking fight to be joining up in because you're black first before any of that shit. They all around the world too because cause you're black first with all this shit. Your politics about everything should be because
2: I am black first. How does this help? me yes Uh, jesus what 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 am i getting out of what are we getting my nation is a
1: black nation because the word what is the black nation getting because if we understand what this nation is and all that because a lot of us because we want to be a part of the great nation and want to be a part of joining these white motherfuckers and playing with white narratives and all 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 that type
2: of shit get more patriotic every day by year Uh, by year y'all just get so and and again I get it. I'm dunked Because they be no, no. like we as, we we as, as, as
1: our country and we need to go lock these motherfuckers up that did this shit down Washington. Cause when did we ever lock somebody up? I say fuck I up? get it. I
2: mean for the people that, that don't got that intellect. I you know some of y'all just truly brainwashed and, and y'all law. But you can't claim you got this intellect. And, and one minute it's oh yeah, we black power mm-hmm. and then the next minute Vote or die. You know? Yeah, <laughs> but vote for him though. You gotta vote for the nigga that put the most niggas in jail. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's this shit is man. Like I said though, but at the end of the day, I think what you what we gotta take from this is again, we we take notes. We need to be taking notes from these white motherfuckers because we need to segregate. We need to get the fuck away from these people. And see, guess what? Yeah, nobody nobody the type of people because... that ran up in that Capitol Road, they be now. Y'all say, oh, they all racist. Guess what? If we used to sit down with them and they y'all want to, oh, y'all y'all want to take y'all land and go over there, guess what they'd do? Mm-hmm. Man, come on, let's fuck this government up and get this shit for y'all. Then. Mm-hmm. The where, we'll help y'all get back, cause the where y'all want to, where y'all want to go? go, y'all want go back to Africa. <laughs> y'all want to go back? Just let us have this
1: over here. Y'all want to go back? We will help y'all, cuz. And that's the crazy thing is that because they, they make us hate Africa so much that everybody, because if we could segregate Africa again, kick all the Arabs out, kick all the white people out, like we had it before, problem's over, because I'm talking about because Africa got everything we, we need, need, but they make us hate Africa so much because it's got, it got the land we need, everything. Let these motherfuckers that want to play Indians and all that, let them stay the fuck over here, cuz. Like, stay over here with the white men, all that. Let us go the fuck back home, cuz. You got people that want to run to Canada now, black people. Talk about, oh, I don't want to be American no more. I hate being American, let me run up to Canada. Pussy, why don't you run back to Africa, (laughs) bitch? Like, why the fuck you want to run up to Canada? Like, what the fuck you think is so better up there? Run the fuck back home, man. Six, 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 six. Oh, man. You still want to play integration with these people? Like, cuz, go home.
2: Man, Drake's
1: a fucking integrated baby, too, cuz, where he's P, he's fucked Drake, cuz. What did Drake do for black people? You wanna get technical about all them motherfuckers like cuz what did they any of them did they donate anything to a black school? Did they help start anything or trying to do a black school? Cause them motherfuckers are sitting up there getting awards from white people.
2: Well, if he did, that shit in
1: Canada. Man, he's a French motherfucker. Fucking, They they French. They go, they trying to go up there, and play Canada, and be pay pay Canada taxes to them French people. Cause fuck that. Yeah. You got to tell the truth out here. Cause these people ain't trying to play black. Fuck that, cause ain't no gray area, cause you either on the black side, cause or you gonna be on the motherfucking gray area side, cause and the gray areas for those that uh that is of that that shade though of, of so-called white people and do wanna join the truth we ain't discriminating against y'all, cause the word but listen this is the one thing about that though, cause. Y'all gonna have your own tribe. We just ain't gonna... We ain't gonna be discriminative against y'all. We ain't discriminative people, cuz. Right. But any of that mixed belief shit that you got, cuz, if you believe in, in, in homosexuality but you're gay, guess what? I mean, but uh, but you're black. you you gonna be black first, but we gonna make sure you got you a little gay community of black folks that believe that little homosexuality shit you believe right over there, cuz, and y'all build... That community of little black gay motherfuckers, right the fuck over there because I don't discriminate against nobody. I don't discriminate against your tribe and what you believe, cuz. Cool. But you don't need to be mixing cause that with people, cuz, that don't believe what you believe. That If it's not equally yoked, keep that shit the fuck over there because let us build on strictly black and black values and black values only, cuz. And this is why I agree with people like the... Uh, the Umars and all of them to wear, because I might not agree with your whole philosophy as far as what you may do, for say, as a person. You know what I mean? But as far as like building and the school and things like that, and how you're going to allow teachers and things into your building and, and able to teach your children, because I'm not allowing nobody that's not on strictly black issues to teach my children nothing, cause, because they're going to teach them some fucking poison somewhere along the line.
2: But that ain't how ironic, though, right? So, like I said. All debate was he's racist. He won't denounce white supremacy. Like I said, my 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 reply to that was, well, who in in a, in a white in a, in, a, in a country where it's built on white supremacy, who ain't racist?
1: Man, tell these black motherfuckers to to look, denounce their blackness. But now they mad because no, no, this is because we gotta stop fucking asking, pointing these finger at these white people all the fucking time. Cause they're not gonna solve our fucking problems, but this is what we—this is what we get so used to we, doing. With we these, argue
2: with each other about who's gonna about
1: save what us. They gonna do, cause it's like you said, us. what they're gonna denounce. Why the fuck we think they gonna denounce something that we were like you say they supposed to love their whiteness. Yo. We better get the love in our blackness and, and like say yo, fuck everything they talking about. Guys. They,
2: they were salty a teacher from here was up yeah. in that <laughs> shit with them motherfuckers. Like, the, now you worried about him denouncing white supremacy and, and like, white supremacy teaching his kids. And and, white yeah, supremacy, and you salty. White supremacy loves him. Why would he
1: denounce white supremacy? It makes no sense. But we want we want somebody that's white yo. to denounce. White, so how crazy does it sound, cuz? After January 6th, they won't ask that question no more. Man, you better not, <laughs> not be in no stupid ass. <laughs> you see what white supremacy do. <laughs> And if you a black motherfucker trying to be an Amer- trying to love being American, you better get back to yeah. love being African, cuz you wouldn't even begin to try to love being American, cuz if you was love being an African, cuz, and that's our fucking problem. What's we the- keep trying to love being, fitting into American, American holidays, Trying to play like these white motherfuckers. Trying to eat like them. You want to eat Chinese food. You want to eat fucking french fries. And you know, all you know this dickhead ass
2: shit. Like these people. When it's not our culture. Then, then, you wanna, then, then our people. We want to play this. Okay we're going to play this political game. Y'all don't even have the open mind. Like politics do. To, to even be able to listen. To things yes. you don't even agree with. Things you don't even understand. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like that goes to the comprehension problem because the world we don't know what politics is supposed
1: to produce. We just think politics is a lot. You, how many people hear you hear uh, of black people especially? Cause be like us. Oh, politics is some that shit. I ain't
2: getting none of, I, none of that. And politics is the whole world. And politics everything is you life. Do in yeah. life. You know what I mean? It's we'll politics. Like, this is how stupid we and, is. a the once yeah. you get it certain things don't bother you. So, you know what I mean? I don't really... When y'all people that, that 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 be upset, you know what I mean? Y'all know, I, I just be joking, and it's just funny to see that shit, because, again, it, it's, it's confusing to me. Right, right. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, think what you want to think, believe in what you want to believe in. But at the same time, understand, them people was thinking what they wanted to think and believing in what they wanted to believe in. And you just gotta, you know what I mean? You gotta let live and let live. You know what I mean? But I don't know. That's about all I got to say about that shit, man. It's it's. It's made, cause you know, motherfucker go on. Black people, it, it ain't our fight. I, I don't know what else to tell. Ain't we should have no reason. Like I said when you play that well why didn't they get shot down if that when you ask questions like that 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 lets me know you don't you don't know what the fuck been going on in this country since the, the, the 1500s right <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? like right, and that that shit those is questions those is remedial questions I'm going to just say that for real like why don't they get shot down like you need to,
1: sh- And we act so surprised that like it's it's so surprising that and, and and this is now you got black people like our
2: country our mm-hmm. country. Mm-hmm. Nigga get nigga to get the bags. Did y'all hear
1: Michael <laughs> X when he said, motherfucker, cuz if Master sick, <laughs> you ain't sick along with Master, you I mean do we me sick. Yeah,
3: like this, <laughs> like,
1: oh my goodness, Master all houses burning. Yeah, I mean, they running up in our house
2: now, master. This is our house now. When I say, nigga, get the bag, I don't mean uh-huh. money. No, nigga, get the bag. Like, oh, <laughs> open the door for goodness. me and get my yeah. bags. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh, man, you say, like, like yeah. you said, get that uh, luggage, guys, because yeah, you just
2: picking up the luggage in this shit, man. But thank yeah. you. You might get a, oh, a tip, you know what I mean, but we up out this bitch, it's the Close Your Ass Podcast, don't forget to subscribe, share, you know what I mean, all that good shit, it's the Aboriginal, you are ready, you are ready, man, we out of here, I'm Cousin Ricky, like I said, y'all already know the black facts, definitely, definitely, definitely did the black facts with, 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 uh... With Steven yesterday, he was like, that was dope. You know what I mean? So we already did the Black Facts, the Quick tips. Like I said, this is just part two. Y'all know we had to come through and talk about Storm in the Capitol. You know, I couldn't talk about this with nobody other than the motherfucking Aboriginal. But we up out this motherfucker. Be safe.